<laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of THP Strength. On today's episode, we are going to be talking with one of our most improved athletes in Travis Reynolds. But before we do that, we just want to introduce ourselves real quick so you guys know what the podcast is about. My name is John. I specialize in helping people jump higher. I am what I like to say is I am the best in the world at doing this. <laughs> I know some people would disagree with this, but I have more experience than most anyone I know specifically for improving athletes' vertical jumps. Isaiah, you can go ahead and introduce yourself. My name is Isaiah. I specialize in jumping high, and I am also John's Padawan <laughs> in jump training. Yeah, I've been researching it, studying it, and coaching athletes for a few years now. So yeah, that's who we are. And Travis, if you want to just introduce yourself, tell us what your goal is. My name is Travis Reynolds, and I specialize in listening to everything Isaiah tells me to do. <laughs> and I've been on THP for a little over a year now. Yeah. Can you say your Instagram as well so people know where to find you? Yeah, my Instagram is just Travis Dungs. Okay, sweet. So I guess I'll tell you guys a little bit about Travis too, and then we'll hop into it here. But Travis basically was Isaiah's first project. Isaiah and I frequently will have athletes that we want to work with because we believe that they have a ton of potential. For example, my projects, uh, one of them is Cami. Cami's one of my projects. Isaiah Edwards was a project. These are people that we might early on when we have no clients, we are like, we're really good at what we do. We just need someone who's dedicated and <laughs> we'll like do the training to a T and we know that. And uh, Travis was one of those people for Isaiah. Travis, where did you start? Just so people understand why you're even on this like podcast. the level I started out? Tell me exactly where like you how were you got in life, what your pain was. No, no. Yeah. Like when you started with us, what level were you at? Oh. What was your pain level? What was your body weight? What were your strength numbers? And then tell us where you are now. Tell us the before and after. Give us a mental picture. Okay. So when I first started, I was like getting this high above the rim probably. I had enough hand speed to do dunks like windmills, but it was very rare for me to do those. So I was, I was barely making one-handers. When you say this My high... My knee pain... When you say this high above the rim, what? you mean... When you say this high above the rim, just so everyone that is listening on the podcast or the streaming services like Spotify My and Apple... My hands are like seven and a half inches, so I was touching like 10, 7, 10, 8 probably. Okay, sweet. What was your body weight? And my knee pain level... Oh, uh, body weight? Mm-hmm. I was probably around 210 pounds. 210, okay. And what was your knee pain at? And my knee pain, I'm not going to say it was at a 10, but it was like pretty high up there. And <laughs> what was walking, how painful was, how painful was walking downstairs? It was definitely achy. It wasn't like the most painful thing ever, but. <laughs> if you had to score it, what would it be walking it, it downstairs? Probably like a five, probably. Probably five. And I was still jumping on it because I didn't know any better. <laughs> so you were. I'm like, oh, it'll go away with time. Yeah, we can't really talk about what you were doing before, but you were doing a very prominent program before that did yep. a lot of stretching and deep lunging movements with a lot of flexion at the knee, that is, at the that hip. That is correct. A lot of flexibility work and did you were had been doing that for a period of time, what, like three months or something? They specialized in knee pain management? Yeah, it was like a month or two and it just it wasn't doing too much for me. Okay, so two months in, still knee pain, 210, jumping on it anyways, and now, where are you at? Where am I now? I'm touching like 11.5, 11.6. I've done more dunks than I can really even think of right now off the top of my head. 
Isaiah, I guess maybe you can talk about this right now because it's obvious you pay attention very yeah. closely to where Travis is at. Where is he at now in your eyes as a coach? As a coach, right now, I feel like he's right under the level where you could become a pro dunker. He's probably good enough to win a couple competitions. I know, like, I, when I first started, I was doing some, like, really small contests. And I would describe Travis to be on the same level I was at probably when I was, like, 19, around there. My Travis, how old are how old am I? 18. Yeah. You're 18? Wow. Yeah. You're ahead like of the eyes over there. Pretty much. Careful, though. Careful, though. He progressed a lot when he turned 22. Oh, dude. He evolves. <laughs> he found another coat. Somebody learned how to putt. That's a Happy Gilmore reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I would describe him to be around around that level. I would say the biggest things he needs to work on is like just consistency with like harder dunks. So being able to hit East Bay every session, being able to hit it behind the back every single session, stuff like that. But Travis is young as shit, so he's got a lot of time to get consistent. Mm -hmm. um, I also got to work on that P-step. Yeah, yeah that's the P-step. <laughs> we can get the into that, one in the dunk game. <laughs> we can get into that a little bit because there's some interesting things and thoughts that Isaiah, have about, Isaiah and I have about that. And like I said, we'll disclose it as we go through here. But what dunks has he hit, Isaiah, now? I guess I'll let you, because you might be able to say the more impressive things you've seen from Travis. And are they on legit yeah. rims? And what's, what was the setting? Yeah. What was the context? So I, I was going to mention this. One of the biggest things that sets us apart is when I was his age, I was mostly dunking on the 9-9. Like, basically every single session was 9-9. So Travis does every session on 10-foot, on the dot, yep. outdoor 10-foot because of COVID. <laughs> which honestly would will probably have made you a better dunk. Like, you're going to be great for this time in the future. My favorite dunk he's done, East Bay, his first one, punched it behind the back. I believe you you did a scorpion. I don't think it was super It clean, wasn't right? the cleanest thing in the world. Wait, was it, it was a crab? A yeah. was it was it a, a crab scorpion. Was it a crab or a scorpion? They're different. It was a, it was a scorpion. I, I, I was looking down, under the so shoulder? I think it was a scorpion. Did you go under the shoulder or did you go across? Like, if, you, if it's if, I don't at the know ball if shoulder really level. I did, like, well, this motion. Yeah, all right, yeah. All right. yeah it was, it was, it was legitimate. It was legitimate. But it well, Isaiah gets confused. Thing. Isaiah sometimes calls a scorpion a crab or a crab a scorpion. <laughs> a crab a scorpion. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> As Grant Kilgannon got pissed at me for. <laughs> yeah, but he was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's yeah. matter? <laughs> yeah. My earliest attempts uh, for that dunk, I was like looking up at the rim, and that was definitely a crab. But but yeah. I fixed it. Yeah. I will say they're usually right about stuff. It's just they're very disrespectful about it. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get them on. We need to get Grant on here. I would love that. Get Grant <laughs> on the podcast. That. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. He's also hit a 360 scoop from a cuff, I believe. That was pretty nasty. 360 windmill? Um, That's also in there. Yeah. Yeah. 360 windmill. Your, windmill, your 360 windmill needs more more windmilly action, though. Yeah. It's like a pump. It's, yeah. like a, it's like a pump. It's like a pump there, windmill though. hybrid. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, overall, it's just a lot of really impressive dunks so yeah that's his dunk discography in here discography <laughs> yeah oh, that's something um, i would see on spotify whenever i scroll to the bottom and i'm looking for all the tracks <laughs> yeah and then i would also consider travis a windmill expert he's a cuff windmill expert for sure a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> every session hit a off the bounce windmill cuff windmill all that stuff yeah. yeah a lot of nasty dunks travis how consistent are you right now with some of your hardest dunks the hardest ones i wouldn't say i'm the most consistent with them because usually what i do is i'll train for a super hard dunk and then after i hit it i'll move on and go to the next hardest dunk so i lose my touch on that hard dunk for the meantime 
Like yesterday, I was trying like 360 windmills again for the first time since I hit it. And like, I'm still really close to making it. It's just, it's not as consistent as it could be if I like continue to work on it, I guess. If that makes sense. I would advise, this is just some coaching advice here. You hear this in weightlifting often and in high jump and some other things, but one thing that you really want to avoid doing is practicing bad reps. You want to practice good reps and try to, as best possible, rehearse or practice the best case scenario and try to get that the same sensations and the same rhythms and the same speeds and momentums as best possible. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you're not going to be jumping your highest. And that is why low rumming, even if it's only a couple inches lower, can be really useful. Like Nico used to say, or Jordan or someone was like, oh, you want to make three out of 10 attempts. Was that right, Isaiah? Is that the recommendation? Yeah. You want to practice on a height where you're making two to three out of 10. Yeah. Travis, where is your consistency with it? Like on my hardest dunks, it is definitely not three out of 10. I can, I can like, yeah. I can backroom them all day long, but actually putting it in is a different story. Yeah. Something so to go along with. Wait, can John's you change the height point? of the? Can you change the height of the rim or no? Oh no, it's set on ten feet. Okay, sorry. Go ahead, Isaiah. Yeah, so, so to go along with your point, how earlier I mentioned that I dunked on nine nine mm -hmm. uh, a ton, that was actually one of the most beneficial things I probably could have ever done for my dunking, because one every so let's take an East Bay for example. I knew every session I I was gonna be able to hit at East Bay. And I was able to practice good reps over and over again. And then later on, it just be became a matter of adding more more bounce mm -hmm. to, to it. So, like, when, when I worked with John and my bounce shot up, now the my 10 feet became, like, my previous 9.9. Nine. I, I was able to now do all my dunks on 10 feet pretty consistently. This also, is just a tip. Yeah. I was going like to say, just a I tip, think there's a general crossover. Tip for that is, huh? I think there's a crossover for it. You're going to get to a point where the if you start with that three out of ten rule sometimes it's not a good idea to if the rim's too low then there's no carryover <laughs> yeah. the rim has to meet a threshold height where that becomes true right where the technique yeah. switches over and you like my between the legs the rim has to be for me to have any carryover to 10 feet i need to get to a point where i'm doing that on at least like nine foot consistent you know what i mean nine foot consistently and climbing my way up to that point and sometimes just like punching it on eight, six and getting it over and over again. Cause you're going to see a big learning curve early on. You're going to improve a lot. And then you're going to get to a point where there's a little bit of a plateau because like your technique has improved so much faster that, yeah, that dunk on eight foot, nine foot, nine, two or nine, three is like really good. But then when you get, when you cross over into that threshold of nine, nine, right now, the difference between you making it on 10 foot and not making it on 10 foot is just a few inches of vertical. It's not probably not technique it's like you having yeah. the bounce on the day to do it because if you're six foot and making it on nine nine or whatever else like your technique has to be incredibly proficient and then pushing to that 10 foot mark consistently in my opinion is having that little bit yeah. of extra vertical like your coordination is the, there yeah ideally what would happen is like on on days that you're not going to be jumping to that would be the ideal day to have mm -hmm. a nine nine session or something like that and then on the days where you're feeling bouncy as shit, like that's the days you want to test yeah. out your 10 foot skills. Cause, and, and dunking on 10 foot is the most satisfying thing. Cause it's like the true measure of progress and it's legitimate. So that's what I would recommend if you're not feeling very bouncy. And a lot of this, it comes to logistics. Cause if you have a court that's 30 minutes away, you gotta be able to predict, all right, is today going to be a day where I'm flying, right? Am I in a deload week? Do I feel good? Or is today a day where I'm going to be feeling a little more shitty?
So yeah, that's a personal anecdote because dunking on nine 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 ten like that helped me a ton in terms of just having a wide array of dunks. Yeah, I'll definitely try to keep that yeah. in mind because I think it was last week I was coming off of some really heavy training load and I was just super fatigued. And I went to have a ten foot session. Yeah, I wasn't jumping my best, and I wasn't really dunking my best. So yeah. instead of really working on something that I can improve on, I just kept like hammering away at the bad stuff. So that's I, not what you want. Yeah. I shouldn't. Have, I shouldn't have did that. <laughs> so I guess if I'm ever feeling like that again, yeah, I'll go I think find well, so a day like that, a day like that, you're better to lower the rim. If you want to do that, if yeah. you want to work on the thing that you're not hitting, mm-hmm. lower the rim. That's like someone going into a session and trying to. This is one of my biggest pet peeves in weightlifting. You see it all the time. Guys go into a session and they just practice misses over and over again instead of dropping the weight and doing things correctly. And what happen is as you get fatigued in most motor patterns, your technique changes. And guess what you're doing? You are practicing a very bad motor pattern <laughs> instead of a good one. And like it is intensity dependent and it's quality dependent, meaning the more intense you do it, and the more and the higher the quality is and the fresher you are, I guess it's maybe fatigue dependent is a better word of saying it. The fresher you are and the less fatigued you are, the better your technique is going to be. The more fatigued you are and the worse you feel, mm-hmm. the worse your technique is going to be. And all you're doing is practicing the, sens- the wrong sensations. If you do the same thing over and what's insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and getting the same result. <laughs> like you have to adjust. And if that means lowering the rim by six inches, so what? In high jump, you guys do that all the time. You guys go from jumping eight, seven, eight on their best days to like practicing at six, six. You know, that's a huge difference. But to jump six, six, like you still have to jump high. You know what I mean? It's still over your head. You still <laughs> displace your center of mass, but you can practice all the same sensations. It might not be to the same quality it was at seven, eight, but you can get the same sensations. And then when you do have the bar up, things will just happen naturally, which actually goes into your penultimate step thing. But anyways, Isaiah, were you going to say something? Uh, no, that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty much what you were going to say. <laughs> yeah. But push I, through fatigue, but dunking sessions is not the place to do that. Yeah. When you're at your um, level. But I wanted to get into kind of the nitty gritty of Travis's progress. So Travis, if you could explain, so you told us you were 210, had a really high knee, probably when jumping seven to eight knee pain and you were touching 10, seven. So take us through your journey um, from that point to where you are now, like just touch on the big stuff and what got you. Cause I think that's in a year and a half, you improved like 10 inches or something like that. How much and weight did you lose? lost a lot? Of right now pounds? I am sitting around like 178 and I, I don't remember exactly where I was. Before so wait, I you lost, hold up. What? <laughs> You lost 32 yeah, I don't pounds. I remember exactly where I was before I joined, <laughs> but I was definitely like in that 210 range. And earlier that year, yeah, I was even more. Stacked. I think and the heaviest I ever got to was like 220 or something. I was. I was. Also, real quick, what was your roughly? What was your squat power clean when I first started? That before you started versus now. I don't even know. It was terrible. Like I remember looking at those videos from the summer. 80 pounds and that's not even that long ago i could like barely do 90 pounds of good technique and now i'm at like and that was after working with us for what like yeah. six months when your knees were healthy enough to actually do them my squat beforehand it was probably around that 200 was my max squat if that to be honest yeah and your squat and power about a week right ago now. i just i knew it was coming 
About a my, my max back squat is now 300 pounds, and my max front <laughs> squat is 270. Mm-hmm. 270? You didn't see it? Dude, where that, where I, was I for that? I really got that rep up. Like, it took me like you... three seconds to get that thing up. Yeah. Also, this is really funny, but a lot of times when, because Travis works out at night, I will be hanging out with Austin. Like, we'll, we'll go out somewhere or something like that. And then Travis will text me <laughs> and maxing out. Like, at 1030 at night. Huh? Yeah, it's like in the group chat. And I'm, I'm like, my mindset is literally like, yeah, yeah, what yeah. the fuck? Like, I'm trying to like... <laughs> relax and like chill and i get this hey bro i'm trying to do two six but where should i go to and i'm like bro like i don't fucking know <laughs> but he'll text us and then or he'll text me and then he'll be like hey this is what my like 250 front squat look like and then it'll be him doing it easy i'm like bro what the fuck like, put some more weight on the bar and then i'll record and then i'll record austin and he'll call travis a bitch and then he'll tell him to do more weight yeah, dude, that's like my it's happened like three times now. Now. Just text you, like, hey, so, get austin yeah it's pretty funny and then Dude, it's, it's, you know what I always say, like the best way to get, to maximize our coaching is communication. The more you communicate, it might not always be what you want to hear, but it's yeah. always going to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding, Travis. <laughs> so, so you've put on, so yeah, so you've lost 32 pounds, jumped like 10 inches higher, freaking doubled your squat and power clean. How did you get there? How did you go from where you were at to now? What has the training look like? How tough has it Can been? I say what yeah, I was doing through, before through joining you guys? And even before doing that one program, uh, then that'll give you like a little background on me. I like really lightly go. Over don't it. disclose yeah. any. Don't use any names. Don't use any names. You don't can, drop you names. Can say, but... Yeah, you can say okay. what exercises you were doing. Just don't well, use any names. I'm not gonna go over that program. I'm just gonna <laughs> say before I did a month or two of that program before I joined you guys, I was literally only dunking and jumping five times a week. So I, I like literally never did any weightlifting or anything like that. Only jumping. And then, after I joined you guys, I started doing strength training for, like, yeah. the first time ever. And I joined you, I think mm. I started working with you in December of 2019. And I remember I was, like, doing some height checks before yeah. then. And I was, like, three inches away from hit at the backboard. After that first load management cycle, I hit my head on the backboard. Literally, like, a month and a half of training. It's So it took and you around six times to better get you than back before. That's I think part yeah. of that is twofold. One, you went from jumping a bunch mm -hmm. to not jumping at all, so you're gonna recover. Like sometimes we have people that are like, last cycle I was jumping so well, and this cycle I'm not, and I'm on elastic, focused on elastic work, I'm focused on jumping more, and I'm like, jumping's actually super intense. So it wouldn't surprise me if you were more fatigued, even though I dropped the volume by forty <laughs> percent. So if you were jumping every day, and then went to not jumping, odds are you actually might jump higher because you're taking out the thing that is most stressful, the most stressful stimulus for you. And then you also reap all the benefits of the adaptation. And then on top of that, your knees weren't hurting. So it's, I feel fresh, my knees don't hurt. Mm -hmm. And that's basically it. <laughs> yeah, I felt amazing that first that jump day. Happened? I did, I remember when I was warming up, I did like, Isaiah told me to like progressively warm up for the first time, like 10%, 20% jumps. I remember I like barely jumped and hung on to the rim. I was like, I've never done that so easily before. <laughs> I just knew, yeah, it was, it, was, it was the same rim. I'm like, I've never done that It was the same rim. It wasn't a lower before. rim, right? It was, it was a good feeling. You don't mean to keep on going after <laughs> that point? That's dope. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Tell us. More. But but, but is there more. anything specific, or do you want me to start <laughs> like wait, rambling? More. I don't really know what to say. Exactly. No, I think from there, I guess maybe simply yeah, put, stayed consistent. you just I've... did the training after that. You basically just did the training. You got healthy back to where you could jump and you had a couple weeks of that. And then you mm -hmm. just followed the plan. You just did what we asked you to do. Is that correct? Also, I just want to put this out here. Something I told Travis when we first started working together, I told him, I was like, look, I'm going to train you. And, but the only way I'm going to keep you on the training is if you do exactly as I say. And then I was like, if you even, if you even do one thing, mm -hmm. I don't say I'm going to, I'm just going to get you off the app. Like I'm not training you anymore. So I told <laughs> that was kind of, that was our deal because he was my first project. This is before we had officially started THP. I think I was, I was like selling the, uh, the coaching on through my story. I think is what I was doing at the time. Yeah. And yeah, I saw Travis and I saw what the program he was doing for his knees and I knew I could help him. And yeah, I offered to train him, but that was our deal. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be hundred percent brutally honest here. This was my lens at the time. I was like, there's no way this kid is going to be what Isaiah thinks. I was like, I've seen this story so many times. This kid's going to hop on and he's going to hop right off. He's not going to do the training. He's going to get lazy. He's not going to do exactly what he asks. And it's just going to be a disaster. It's just not going to go well, but you know there. what? This is Isaiah's project. This is not my project. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I, Hey, I'm hands off. If Isaiah wants to spend whatever time, right. You ain't doing it right. If you don't got haters. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Are you really trying? If like your people aren't doubting you. And I was like, yeah. I was just like, no, nah, Travis. So I, I think this would be a good time to explain this whole thing. So first I did not I know ever... the situation. Yeah. I did not know, but I was just like, whatever yeah. you want to do. That's fine. I think I told you, I literally was brutally honest with you. I was like, if you, I was like, are you sure if you want to do this, you can, but are you sure? And he was like, yeah, I'm positive. And I was like, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, Travis has been following me on Instagram me 11, since he was 12. I think like 11, 12 years old. I was out 11. How old are you now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So you were 11 because I was 16. So this is when I'm talking when I had a thousand followers, maybe that's when he started following me. Like I was doing my first dunks, like two handers, I think barely starting to windmill or something like that. Very chubby. Um, and he was following me since then. He was a short, chubby kid with a bowl cut and he was, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he would post his dunk videos. You know how now there's like hundreds of kids with like dunk pages they're like 12 13 year olds and they're trying to like be like pro dunkers and stuff like that travis had that page he was like the the og what? like dunk kid like nate he was, dunks uh, before nate yeah, yeah. way before so nate. you the were, you were now travis had dunks, since right after probably. steven with steven dunks can you go on um, archives i think earliest post after a long this time podcast? ago i went through and deleted some of them before archives of the thing because, yeah, I regret it every day. I just, I didn't know any better. That's disappointing. But there, there is some yeah. really old ones on there still. So. Yeah. Dude, I would, I'd pay so yeah, much. It's funny, I did the same thing. Back. There's a ton like, of no old idea. videos I used to have on my. It's probably still out there yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Instagram, if you're so. listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, so Travis literally has been following me, like, longer than anybody. 
in the dunk worlds and he's always been like super supportive and i remember he asked me if if i could follow him one day Mm -hmm. and i think i told you you said i'm gonna be able to dunk dunk on 10 feet or something before you follow me is that what it was i remember i kept sending you like some like rattle-ins on 9-11 or something i'm like yo does this count you're like no keep on going It was cruel, but it worked. <laughs> That's cruel. <laughs> <laughs> Your biggest fan ever. <laughs> His motivation was, I'm gonna prove Isaiah wrong. <laughs> <My biggest>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you don't, if you don't know me personally, though, that's how I am. Like, I'm, oh. I'm a jerk when it comes to to being real with how good you are at dunking. It's true. One time he said Austin was gonna <laughs> jump higher than me off one foot, and it was a ripple in our relationship. <laughs> What would you call it? <laughs> and I was like, I got so busy one time I've ever been mad at Isaiah. And I was like, you motherfucker. I was like, fucking disrespect me. You don't think I'm good at this shit? I've been doing this shit long. <laughs> and, like, and then I was like, I think he jumps out of you. He jumps out of you. And then Austin came. Oh, was that God that bless one his soul. And I mocked Travis the was that session. <laughs> I felt bad. Mm-hmm. But okay, here's the thing too. is I will say this about that entire story which is just somewhat irrelevant, but also a good story because it brought out the chip on my shoulder mentality, which I actually talked about on my story and then deleted it. Cause I was like, ah, I don't want my found people to see all this shit. It's really personal. And it was like, Austin hadn't done anything. He was like in New York or New Jersey, like with his family, not training, not like dunking on low rims and stuff. And prior to that, he was dunking on nine, nine. He was killing it. He was killing it on nine, nine. Like he was jumping super high, hitting basically everything. And I'm training my dick off with Isaiah. And Austin's out there freaking doing God knows what, not training, not touching a barbell, jumping maybe once every two or three weeks. And I'm like, there's no way right now he'll beat me off one foot. I was like, there's no way. I was like, off two, he'll get me. But I was like, he's not touching higher than me. I was like, I I don't think he could jump higher than me off one foot. And I said that. And Isaiah was like, Isaiah was like, I think, really? I think he'd fuck you up. (laughs) I was like, it just pissed me off so bad. And Isaiah like started laughing about it. And I got so pissed at him for like a week. And I'm so focused, like that whole week of training. I'm like, let's go, let's do this. You can ask Isaiah. I was like a different person. It was bad. And he flipped the switch. I don't even know how to describe it. He was, he doubted me when I knew in my mind I could do something. And then Austin showed up and I fucked him up. <laughs> he got to the vertex and he couldn't touch 10, 10 or something like that. Or what was it? I think it was lower. It was like 10, like, eight or 10, nine. It was bad. And I like went up on a warm up yeah. jump and just touched it real easily. And Austin tried hard as shit off two feet. And he was like, oh, I jump higher off two feet right now and didn't get it. And his soul was crushed. <laughs> And he just stopped and it was over. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even go any higher. I was like, I don't have to prove my point anymore. <laughs> like to Austin's credit, Austin's best is way better than my best. Not way better, but it's better. I think what's his best vertical? Forty five. At his best. Forty five is yeah. yeah. But when Austin doesn't train, he doesn't do anything for months. I was like, I'm not worried. Like I've been training every day for the last like six months to a year to two years. I think it's closer because I think his reach is like seven seven. And I don't know how cause I tested that day a three-step vertical i touched 11 8 so i've been like thinking back and i'm like skeptical of, like there possibly a slant oh like slanted on. down you mean yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. or he jumped uh, from a actually point. no he tested no the 45 was tested at boston hill and that's when i tested a 36 standing vertical so you think where that was normally legit? my standing vertical is 34 so i'm thinking it's closer to 43 like, austin's is closer to 43 yeah okay so yeah. that's still his, he, he would never admit that he would never he, admit that <laughs> but mine i think my best is 39 five like i think on dunks i might have touched maybe touched that 40 but i'm like pretty legit with it i don't really i don't know yeah. would you agree with that isaiah like you saw me test the yeah i would i think you've 
gotten into the 40 time. Last time I tested was back in October. That was the story. You can't even see the Vertex move on camera, but I literally, like, barely fingertip touched 40, and I was so happy. That's an 11.5 touch for me. You felt it? Yeah, Travis and I are like... Travis and I were like basically head to head, like racing to that official 40 mark, <laughs> like like the very official Absolutely. 40 mark. And I haven't really tested to be honest. Like, I think if I had tested regularly, I probably would hit it eventually, but hats off to Travis on his accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. So basically Travis has been training since the load management cycle, training hard as shit, right? Not missing a single workout. How would you say, how would you describe your knee pain now? Cause I know in, in our load management, podcast yeah. we explain how pain doesn't just magically disappear completely it'll gradually go down like, through pain, it, it like still that. how would you describe your then, pain it's like after the load extremely manageable you know what i mean yeah like just i wake up in the morning and there's a very dull ache and like it goes away up, like unquote. within a couple hours of me waking up and rarely ever did i actually get like a big flare up i think we went into load management one time mm -hmm after that for that elastic cycle we tried and whose fault whose fault i think was it was that? kind of my fault was that too. my fault or your fault was it my fault <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying usually what happens mm -hmm. is people jump more than they're i think i actually could like have they don't pay that attention to the cycle, don't jump if you're feeling anything and then they jump, and usually they have pain. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I brought the Vertec out that day, and I messed up my knee. Had you not jumped? <laughs> oh, yeah, and that's what it was. The only reason that's what it was. that happened I put him... was I think... because I didn't do a dunk session that day. Yeah, yeah. I literally so what just happened did, like, approach jumps was... in the Vertec, and I did not warm up enough to do approach jumps in the Vertec, and that, that goes back to not warming up. Like, it was going good at first, but usually when I'm dunking, I do some light dunks for a little bit and then get the Vertec out. We've had since it was only the Vertec that day, I went straight into approach jumps. And I jumped as hard as I could. Like, what? Before that session? Did you even do isometrics? I don't think I did, did but that, that was a while ago. I really did don't Did you even do isometrics before? Yeah. The, the pain in your face right now. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what a... If you're watching this, make sure you warm up. <laughs> Super Isaiah, meme it. All I have to say is it wasn't my fault. <laughs> I think just what happens oftentimes is like people hop on the training and they don't communicate with us. That's another big problem is that people won't communicate. And if you don't communicate with us, either through the Facebook group or if you're full service through the WhatsApp, there is a big disconnect between what I hear and what you're actually doing and what's actually going on in your body. So I can't guide you if I don't know something. So if something's bothering you and you don't tell me, and there's a threshold for yeah. it. If you're feeling anything less than a four, I basically don't want to hear about it. If you're feeling anything over a four, I want to know. I want to know if it's getting to a five or a six or a seven. I need to know about that because that needs to be managed immediately. But if it's like less than a three yeah. or four, you're probably, and there's good research on this. It's called pain threshold training. You can look it up. You're basically fine to, to push through assuming that you, have, you don't have a, a pre-existing injury. And yeah, Travis basically didn't listen. I think I'm going to jump anyways. Yeah. It's a big problem. Yeah. Yeah. But flare ups <laughs> happen. Like they're normal. Like I, I'll have a flare up. I say, actually, I don't really have flare ups at all anymore. My tenons are honestly so resilient now that 
my muscles will pull. <laughs> my tendons are so stiff now that if I have an issue, it's going to happen at the muscle. It's not going to happen at my tendon. Isaiah, are you at that point? My knees, or your quad my knees don't get yeah. any flare-ups. At least, like, the original problem, like, patellar tendinopathy, like, that's, yeah. I, I feel like I could take a bullet to my <laughs> Shovel, bro. <laughs> Machete. I guess we'll find out next time I jump, jump That's going to be the yeah, bro, I'll just be taking a hammer to it just to demonstrate, like, how resilient. <laughs> Machete-proof. Uh, <laughs> nuke-proof. We're nuke-proof. We're nuke That's what we do. We nuke-proof here. So, Travis, just to close it off, we're in a, we're in a new year, 2021. What are your goals okay. for this year in terms of your My main goals for this year is to actually, believe it or not, work my penultimate step. That's, like, high priority right now, even though it may not look like it. As far as dunks I want to hit, I, I definitely want to get into some elbows, maybe windmill elbows. And I think, God, I haven't really put too much time in my 2021 dunk list yet. The, the only problem with that is my penultimate step. I just suck at it. Elbows would be around. sick. I feel like you could. I, I think right the highest level dunk I want to do this year is under both. I, I think I can definitely we do it. Talk about that. <laughs> no, I'm going to need to jump higher, though. As far as. Mm-hmm. Isaiah, yeah. Real quick, Isaiah, do we lengthen his penultimate step? I. <laughs> so I've been torn about this because Travis right now is at a point where he's jumping really high and has grooved that patterning into his body, and the big things that you want to see in an approach are being covered. So you want an acceleration, right? He's got that check box, check box covered. He lowers really well into his plant. He, there's a check right there. He's got good internal rotate. Like he blocks really well. Like his actual like plant itself is pretty solid. So he's covering the things that a penultimate step would cover. So in terms of pure jump height, I don't know if I, if I would change it, but I will say if, Pro dunking is like is like a goal. Like if you want mm-hmm. to score well in competitions and shit like that, a big part of dunking is how good does the the jump look and approach is big oh, with that. That thing's hideous. People are, like people are gonna see like a short ass penultimate is gonna be like what the fuck? What is what is that? Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in turn, so aesthetically, I think I would definitely change it. And this part is something I'm unsure about. Does it have more potential for you to jump higher in the future? Like having a long, a long penultimate. It's something that I, I, if I were, if I was somebody, if I was a researcher and I got a bunch of people and I told, and then we did a 10 year study, I would hypothesize that having a longer penultimate step would be beneficial long term. So I think it's, I actually Um, think it's this. I think it's that the most important thing is being low and fast and getting into takeoff position. I think that a longer or more extension at toe off of the penultimate step allows you to have a higher entrance velocity and a lower position. So if you, or you have a higher initial velocity into the plant foot and you can also be low, it's very hard to do that. If you give yourself less time to, it's also hard to continue to accelerate if you're running really fast and then you're already moving fast into that step. It's going to be really hard to keep accelerating through the jump if that's actually a breaking step, which oftentimes happens when you have a short penultimate step is it's not an acceleration. You're actually breaking on that step and you're messing up the rhythm and a lot of other things are happening. But if you can make it an acceleration still and you can make it work, it might work. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily encourage yeah. it though. Can you most important things are being low and anyone fast. Anyone that has like a similar jump technique as me good that's like in that 48 inch vertical range? Yeah. So... 
With your talent so level, no. Two, with your talent level, well, I can't think of any. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. John's John <laughs> means like they were they came out of the womb. They jumping. came out of the womb <laughs> with more type two fibers in their pinky than I have in my whole body. <laughs> yeah. Um, two people that do have a pretty short penultimate step right now is T flying high. He doesn't the fully definition extend of, his penult- but he's like a hybrid. He's he's gonna built different. Yeah. Also, so wait, real quick, Travis, do you jump better if you have a nah, longer it still looks when you're horrible. on your best jumps, your highest jumps? Uh, is your penultimate step? I think the only time my penultimate longer, step has ever slightly improved is when I was using the bird tag. <laughs> All right, go on. Because I was, I kept missing like eleven four, and I was like looking back at the footage. I'm like, all right, I, I got to take a bigger step, and it, it worked. But so when you're I, I can't translate that to dunking for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's because it's because you're actually performing like a like you're trying to focus on technique at the same time, and your brain goes back to to what it's been hardwired to do. This is I a good example. Of, I so I used to. I think we lost John momentarily. Hear me now? I can hear you. Oh yeah, I can hear you. We just can't see you. But that's not. Yeah, true. we're fine. It'll um, locally but, load. But go ahead. Yeah, I'm gonna sit on the so back I, seat. I read I'm gonna sit in the back seat and let you finish yeah. this one off. <laughs> yeah. So I read this book when i was around 13 14 years old <laughs> and i forgot the name of the book but it was by the guy who held the world record for most free throws made in a row i think he had it was like fourteen thousand free throws made in a row or something like that and half of the book was literally talking about like psychology and like how do you like and like your mind and like controlling your mind and stuff like that and one of the things he talked about was how he'll get someone comes to him to try to improve his free throws and he'll change their technique, get everything on point, and they'll they'll practice it at practice and stuff like that. But then as soon as you put him in into a game in a high pressure situation, they'll go back to their old free throw, their old free throw form. So that's what happens when you're trying to do a dunk session. There's so much going on, and this is magnified in a session with people. I guarantee if you practice your penultimate step for two months straight and like you were like super diligent about it on the vertex and stuff like that. I guarantee if you were to be thrown into dunk camp where you got pro dunkers around with you and all, all people around, exactly. like you would probably revert back to, to the short penultimate step because of the pressure and your brain would just go back to what it's used to. What has to happen is there has to be thousands of good reps performed. And like John said, you can't practice bad reps. Like you got to think about every rep with a short penultimate that you do. It's mm-hmm. you're hardwiring it into your brain even harder. I can and actually... Like, and you got to do a hundred good reps for every like bad rep that you're doing. I That's remember like the you I was with John it. trying to perfect my penultimate step. Do you remember that? And every time you would get it somewhat normal, like, hey, that's good. I would go right back the yeah. second we you stopped looking at me and started dunking again. So that just kind of goes off what Isaiah just said. I, I agree with that. Yeah. I think too, like yeah. when you're talking about changing motor patterning, I, I actually just told the Duke coach this because he was like, yeah, Ezra, this long jumper had a 760 jump, which is like the first one he's had like of the year like that, which is like a 25 foot long jump, which is crazy. That's like crazy. This kid's like five, eight beam pole. And I told him, I'm like, it's about sensations. You're used to the same sensations all the time when you jump and by cueing, you're forcing them to feel things differently. And if they don't chase that new sensation, 
they're never going to get confident enough to have the pre-contraction happen and have the anticipation happen and have the motor patterning happen. So what you have to do, and I've learned this as I've learned how to speed jump. This is probably the most, the biggest reason why I wanted to learn how to speed jump was so that I could teach it. And it actually made me a way. That's the reason in general I wanted to learn how to jump higher <laughs> was to prove people wrong and then to be able to teach people. And one of the biggest things I've learned is using your sensations, teaching a new movement, paying attention to what that feels like, and then replicating that feeling. And knowing at each step along the way, it's gonna feel different. And when you feel something different, because you're doing something different, that's the new sensation you have to chase. So if I go to Isaiah and I say, Isaiah, your goal is to jump 50 inches. Did your 48 inch jump feel exactly the same as your 40 inch jump when you were a kid? Your answer would be no, <laughs> I would hope, right? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So I know that my best one foot jumps of all time do not feel like they did when I was 13 or whatever else. There's a different sensation. There's a different confidence. There's a different effort level and positionally things are different. And as I got better, the risk of getting hurt when I would do those things was higher and higher. So sometimes I wouldn't or whatever else, but I know what it feels like. And if I can remember, I can take mental notes of what it feels like and I can push more towards that every time I'm in a session and I pay attention to what does a good rep feel like and you rep it out or rehearse it in your mind or you rehearse it. We talk about walkthroughs all the time. That's why walkthroughs are so important because by walking through and thinking about what is it going to feel like when I'm on this stride? What is it going to feel like when my hands are in this position? What is it going to feel like when I push off and my arms come back behind me? What's it going to feel like when I do the windmill action in the air? And by practicing that, you're actually rehearsing in your head what's actually going to happen when you go to do it. And you will chase those sensations so much better because you're using your memory. You're using what your imagination and your memory to rehearse it and build the motor patterning. So you're confident when you go in, which is, Isaiah, is that one of the most important things before you crush a dunk is I know I'm going to crush this dunk? Yeah, it's, all, it's confidence. Yeah, like, you have to know there's no doubt you're going to do it and it's going to be perfect. Like anyone that's crushed a dunk yeah. knows that feeling. It is before you lob the ball, before you took your first step, you knew you were going to fucking kill it. There's no other sensation like it. it. And only if you've dunked or high jumped, do you really understand that? <laughs> like it's such a unique empowering feeling too. It's like a level of confidence that you can't really get any other way. I've never had it with a test. I've never had it at work. I've never had it with speaking engagements. I've never had it oh, in a squat or a power clean. I've only had it in jumping like max effort jumping or dunking or do you guys like do you know what i'm talking about though that sensation <laughs> isaiah you know what i'm talking about yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it's such sure. a weird thing to describe but like when you can build that level of confidence and how you there are steps to get there and people don't understand that's when the freakiest things happen if you ask athletes this too you'll be like how'd you get and travis this all comes back to your technique it's like how did you get there what did that feel like what were you thinking about it's like, nothing i knew before i took my first step that i was going to do it and i was going to kill it and to build that level of confidence in a new technique after you've done something and you have confidence in that technique takes a very long time. <laughs> like, also, Travis, mm -hmm. this, and this goes to the point at the very beginning of the podcast, this would be a perfect time to practice on 9-9 because you're not going to be focused on trying to jump as high as you can. You're going to still be able to practice tech making makes on dunks while improving your penultimate step at, all at the same time. And honestly, I would, if I, like, if ideal way to do it, you go on 9-9 nine -nine and rep out makes with long penultimate steps for all your dunks and then only go on 10 feet when you get consistent with those dunks. And then, with a long and then during the week, what I would do is pay attention to how it felt when it was right 
And when you do your walkthroughs, think about how it's going to feel when you do those walkthroughs. Think about the sensations you're going to get. Think yeah. about the timing and try to replicate that in your walkthroughs. That is going to rehearse it so much better. Practice the lob. Think, practice the timing of when you're going to start your approach. Imagine the ball coming down, where it's going to come down, and you starting that approach. And then when you're going to start your new penultimate step relative to where the ball lands and practice the arm action, that's going to feel so weird and different. But if you can imagine it and you can start to feel those sensations in the walkthroughs that you already practiced on the court, then when you go back, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, it was exactly like I imagined it would be. Like Isaiah talks about K54. He knew he was going to win because he'd done it in his head so many times <laughs> before it ever happened. Like yeah. he rehearsed that. Honestly, win. it might be a good idea to switch him to load, to switch Travis to load management so you can jump I think twice I can handle this time. I'll straight, make sure to so warm up, okay? Jumps, I've said this before. On. I mean, yeah, I've thought about it. <laughs> but I'm yeah, not yeah, doing yeah. it if he's then, not going to. But only... And he keeps the yeah, jumps. But capped. only if you're practicing long penultimate. That's, that's the yeah, that's the whole purpose of it for sure. But yeah. I think we, I think I got to, I have to close this out because I got to go here. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna close it out. Yeah, I got to dunk. <laughs> you got to go too, is that what you said? Yeah, I got to go dunk. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of THP Strength. If you guys are listening, make sure that you like, comment, subscribe. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or you're listening to Spotify, we. If you're listening to this, odds are it's on one of those for sure, like 100. percent and then secondly, secondarily, I guess, if you're listening on YouTube, make sure that you like, comment, subscribe. We were trying to push it on the YouTube. We had some issues with the editing, figuring out who was going to edit, what quality you wanted it edited, because we don't want to post something that's low quality. And so no, we're on that, Travis but hopefully does. this will be up. Anyways, guys, thanks for listening. We'll catch you on tomorrow's episode. Travis Reynolds, Travis.Dunks, is that correct? Travis Dunks. Give him a follow, follow his progress, and yeah, we'll catch you on tomorrow's episode. Peace out. All right, try.